Isn't God good? Amen. Come on, find your seat. Let's bring it back together. Celebrating the goodness of God today. Amen. How many happy to be in the house? Believe in God. Anybody here believe in God for big things? Anybody, anybody in here believe in God for great things? Anybody believe in God for mighty things? Amen. Hey, how many of you guys know that there's a difference? You know, Jeremiah 33, 3, he said, call me and I'll answer you and I'll show you great and mighty things that you don't know. He is God. Here's a promise from God that if you seek him, you know, uh, it, remember, remember when he said, if you, it's, if you seek him with your, with your whole heart. I love it in the, in the uh, message Bible, Jeremiah 29. If you, when you get serious about finding him, when you want him more than anything else, he, he'll not only make sure you're not disappointed, but he'll turn things around for you. You know, if you seek him, you're going to find him. But it, it, when he said, call me and I'll answer you and I'll show you great things. I'll show you mighty things. I'll show you things that are hidden and, and, and secret and th stuff that you couldn't ever, you couldn't know without God. How many of you know that God knows some stuff that you don't know? I said, how many of you know that God knows some stuff you don't know? Right? And, it, and he ain't hiding it, you know, to keep it hidden so that you can't find it. He's trying to guide you and direct you so that you can find it. And, 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 and the cool thing is, is that he's got not only great things, which if, you know, I, I love words. I love to find out what's going on. And, and, and you've got to understand, some, especially the Hebrew language. The Hebrew language, it doesn't repeat itself just, just for redundancy. So, it, you know, it, it's got a purpose and a reason. And every word has, has an insane, you know, there, there's some great thought that went into it, okay? It's just insane meaning and depth. And, and there's a difference between great things and mighty things. See, and God, God's going to do great things. Because let me tell you something. Anything God does, it ends up being a great thing because it's a God thing. God is great, right? God is great. And so when he, when he, when he does things, he does great things, right? So, so the Lord is doing, you, you know, let, let, just let this get settled in your mind. God is doing great things, okay? He's just up to great things. Why? Because he's a great God. And, but sometimes what we end up doing is we miss the great and mighty thing. See, a mighty thing is a fenced-in thing, a hidden thing, a secret thing. It is something that, that, is, that is put back. Uh, see, a lot of us think that it's, it should be just everybody's colliding with all the promises of God no matter what. See, the presence of God is non-negotiable. When you, when you get born again, you're going to have the presence of God in your life. The presence of God is a non-negotiable. I'll go with you wherever you go. I'm going to be with you. As I was back in the day, I'm going to be out in front of you. Why? Because I'm God. I don't change. Circumstances might change. Situations might change. Your viewpoint might change. I promise your, your opinion will change. But God says, I won't. Right? So his presence, non-negotiable. His promises are optional. Okay? They're, they're, they're totally up, up to you. The easiest place to see it is in Deuteronomy when he said, hey, I'm putting in front of you life and death, blessing and cursing, you pick. Okay, so it's a choice. It's the choice that you make, and, and, and God, don't make, God don't make your choices. You do. Hello, somebody. I'm supposed to be like handing out Bibles, and I'm, and I'm teaching a lesson. Okay, God, God don't make your choices. You do. And, and here's the deal, is that, uh, you know, the promises of God, those are, those are going to, you know, if you want to see the production of God's promise, well, then you make the choice that, that, that aligns you with that promise, and, and no word from God's ever going to fail. But, but that's totally up to you. And here's, uh, here's the deal. If you want to see great things, just hang out with God. If you want to see mighty things, now you've got to seek Him. 
Okay, great things. Just hang around God. You want to see the mighty things? You're going to have to set your stuff down and embrace his stuff. Right? And you're going to have to go after God life. You're going to have to seek God. You're going to have to get serious about finding them and wanting more than anything else. And then, you know, you're going to run. Why? Because these things, the secret things, the hidden things, the, 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 the mighty things are insanely valuable. And, but God wants you to have them. You guys are so funny to me. Because it's like, well, we, 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 we won't act like church people. Oh, God. You know, you know uh, we, 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 why is it so dark in here? So that you can worship God without, without wrath, without doubting, and not think that everybody's looking at you. Why is the music so loud? So you can sing your guts out and nobody can hear you. Why? Because you don't sing that well. Right? Uh, you, wh wh why are we doing it? You know, where are we at? Why, why do we got to be noisy? Well, I'll tell you that in just a minute. I'll show you in a second just, just what's going on in me today. But here's the deal, is that God wants to show you stuff that other people might not ever see. Why? Because he loves you. Well, doesn't he love them? Yeah, he does. But he, he loves you. He loves the track that you're on. He wants to show you hidden things, secret things, fenced in things. He wants to show you. You know that there are things that could change everything in your life that God would love to reveal to you today today and, and 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 i mean he wants to make a difference in your life today so i suggest every thought you have all the crazy emotional stuff you're dealing with that just for the next 30 35 minutes you push that aside set that down don't 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 worry about nothing else we won't tell anybody you were here did you press in and let god have his way in you today yeah? If you're here today and you don't own a Bible, if you'll hold your hand up, our ushers are going to bring one to you. You need a Bible, we'd love to give you one. This is our gift to you. And, and, and make certain that every single day you get into the Word of God because the great and the mighty thing, let me tell you how God's going to direct your steps. You, you'll, there'll be a word behind these saying, this is the way, walk ye in it when you turn into the left or the right. When it comes time to make a decision, there'll be a word, a word behind you as the seed, God's word, sown into the past that comes up in the present that unlocks the door to the future. See, a lot of times we get to the door, but we don't have the key. Why? We ain't got no seed, no word from the past, no word behind us. Well, let's get that. Let's make this today the moment that we're going to get that word. But every single day, get God's word into your life. Amen? Hold your Bible up with me. Lift up your device, whatever you got. Let's make a confession together. Lift it up high and say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I'm going to do what it says I can do. See, I have an open mind. I have a teachable spirit. From this moment forward, I'm never going to be the same. I refuse to be the same. I refuse to be the same. Come on, shout it. I refuse to be the same. <laughs> In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, give Jesus one more big hand. Thank him. God, we praise you. Amen. We're excited that you're here. I'm believing God for some amazing things. Been talking to God all week about you, and I'm going to tell you something. Man, God likes you guys. He's got, he's got this great plan. You know, most of us can quote it, Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. Uh, and, 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 you know, we got coffee mugs, and we got, we got wall hangings, and we got T-shirts, and we even got a few bumper stickers. And we got, you know, and we got that everywhere in our life. But what we need to do is get it, like, transferred into the depths of our spirit. 
right? We, we, need to get it, we need to get it down so, so, it, so it begins to educate our soul that God, God has a plan for my future. God has a plan for my future, okay? God has a plan for my future. And, and, and believing that, that it's a good plan. He's not trying to hurt me. He's trying to help me. He's not trying to put me down. He's trying to elevate me up. He's not taking me out. He's taking me over. Come on, somebody. You know, the, the, and, and that, that, see, that's the thing that kind of has some of us kind of pumped up a little bit. Is that, you know, hey, we look to the past and look to the past. And, and, and yeah, I see a bunch of mistakes and a bunch of junk and a bunch of heartache and a bunch of pain. And, and you, know, you know, there's stuff in the past I, I wish wasn't there. I wish I hadn't made some of the decisions that I made. I wish I hadn't said some of the things, <laughs> trust me, that I've said. I've said some stuff before. I wish I didn't say it. You know, there's choices that I've made. I'm thinking I might be much like many of you. There are choices that have been made that I wish I hadn't made. But here's the deal is that what's happened in the past is in the past. And God has a future he wants me to press into. See, I can't change my past. I can, you know, I can't do anything about it. You can't alter the past. You can only take the past to the altar, right? And, and, and some of us end up being so stuck on what happened. And, and you've gotten so used to it in your own life that now you're applying it to, to the people around you. And you, you hold them bondage to their past. I told you it was quiet in here. And, you know, without going into great detail, <laughs> how many know what it's like to be held to a past mistake? And, and, and it's by somebody you love, right? Because, I, frankly, the people I don't like, I don't care. Huh? The people, the people that, I mean, who cares what they think? But it's when someone who loves you holds you to a mistake. Doesn't that, like, kind of, it kind of breaks down the, you know, the hope and the confidence that you have in life. It kind of causes things to, you know, even your dream kind of begins to deteriorate and, and lose its, its power, its vitality. It, you know, and, and well, to be honest, just to be held to a past thing by somebody that you love, well, the bottom line, that sucks. But when, when somebody knows the worst about you, I mean, they look, you know that they can look at you and they can quote your stuff. Okay? They can tell you, not a little bit, but they can tell you all about it. Remember that old song? Have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell him all about our troubles. He will ease it by and by. Yeah. You really don't need to have a little talk with Jesus. He knows your stuff. You don't need to tell him all about it. He's heard from all your friends and family. Okay. He's seen your Facebook page. Okay. He's got it down. But he's released you. Do you know what it's like to have somebody that could tell you your stuff, but they don't use any of it against you? Oh, man, the depth of that relationship. Somebody that, you know, hey, Shelby knows stuff that you don't know and ain't you ain't ever going to know that she loves me. Huh? Your kids, you know, your family, you, know you know what it's like to be released from that? Let, let me tell you something. Let me tell you what has me jacked up about Jesus today is that he knows all about all of our stuff. 
and he still has a plan for our future that is not limited by the failures of our past. Matter of fact, he's going to use our future to humiliate our past. And, 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 and if it was my message this morning, I'd spend more time here. The problem is, it's not. Okay? And the problem is, is that, that what I want to tell you, what, what, what I want you to know is that you will remember the shame of your youth no more. Okay? And there's people in the room that you need to embrace this reality that God has a future. He's leading you into it. But you've got to be willing to believe for the best of your life. Okay? See, the rest of your life, I know it's old, it's not mine, but still it's the truth. The rest of your life is going to be the best of your life. The rest of your life is going to be the best of your life. Say it. The rest of my life, come on, say it, is going to be the best of, say it. The rest of my life is going to be the best. Get loud. The rest of my life is going to be the best. Of, one more. The rest of my life is going to be the best of my life. I'm sorry if that, you know, offends a nervous Lutheran or something. You know, here, here's the deal, is that it's hard for me to calm down when I start seeing the picture that God has of your future. Because here's the deal, is that if you can't believe Him for the best of your life, the problem is, is that you have to settle for the rest of your life. But yet you need to believe him. See, in John 10, when he said, hey, there, there's an enemy, there's a force that wants to kill and to steal and to destroy, but I have come. But I have come. Oh, hear me today. Yeah, there are some forces that you're bumping up against, that, that you're having to, to conquer, that you're having to grapple with. There's, there's thoughts and ideologies and belief systems and, 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 and habits that, 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 that you need to deal with. But the reality is that I came to connect you to real life. In spite of everything that's happened, in spite of everything that you've ever known and anything that you've ever seen and whatever you've ever heard, and, and, and no matter what, I still came that, to elevate you to a different place of life. See, in, in, in Galatians, we, we, we have this one, we put it on the screen. In, in Galatians, it says, when you didn't know God, how many know there was a time when you didn't know God? See, and make sure, before you leave here today, that the formerly applies to you. Well, I've been going to church for 25 years. Those are some of the most ignorant people I've ever met. Because they know all about God. But they don't know God. You know, Job. Job was... You do understand that Job was a very, very, very good man. I mean, he wasn't a little good. He was so good that that's the complaint that hell had against him. I'll tell you why he's so good. This is, what, this is what the enemy said. This is what the enemy said when he went in to complain about Job to God. He said, he's so good, and let me tell you why he's so good. Because you've been so good to him. Yeah, let me tell you why he's so good. He's so good because you've been so good to him. And, and, and you, have, you, have, you have protected him all around, on all sides. And really, if you, if you ever want to know what God's doing for you, you ought to listen to what, he said, uh, to what the enemy said about Job because that's what God's doing for you. 
that he's your rear guard, that he's your front guard. That you could, like David, say, I look out in front of me and I see you. I look behind me. You're out there too. God, God is on your side. Psalms 118. The Lord is on my side. Don't mean he's on your team. He's on my side. That he'll never leave me nor forsake me. That every place I put my foot, there's God. Hello, somebody. I bet if you, if, you, if you step back away from Job, that if you step back away from Job, he'd turn his back on you. And, and, and we know the story. I don't need to preach that. But here's the deal. is in the last chapter of the book of Job. Job makes this statement. Up until now, I'd only heard about you. Up until now. He said, up until now, I've lived by rumors. See, you can be a really good guy. But you're still only living by rumors, things you've heard about God. See, there was a point when you did not know God. There was a season when you'd heard about God. And that season could have lasted you, well, how old are you? Huh? 26 years. Because if you're under the impression that you know God, but you don't actually know God, because see, there's a lot of stuff that you think you know that you don't actually know. And, and, and the fact that you stand on what you know is one of the things that keeps you from knowing what you need to know, because you know what you know, and that's the thing that's preventing you from knowing what you ought to know. Because you know this, and so you don't listen to anything else that you need to know because you already think that you know it. That's why so many people don't call on God. He said, call me, and I'll answer you, and I'll show you stuff that you don't know, but you don't call God. Why? Because you don't think you need to know anything because you're under the impression that you already know everything that's needed to know about the thing that you're talking about knowing about. How, how, how did we miss God so, by, by such a great distance? Well, we didn't talk to God. Why didn't we talk to God? Well, because we didn't need God. See, if you're not in a place that's scary, risky, on the edge, if you're in a comfort zone, a convenient place, a safe place, you don't need God. God wants to take you into battles you couldn't possibly win. He wants to have you face problems you couldn't possibly solve. He wants you to be dropped into situations you couldn't possibly afford. Why? So that you're constantly reminded of your need for God. See, one of the things you need to know before you leave here today is that you've had one of those formerly moments. You know, when I came in here, before I, before, I didn't know everything about God. And I was slave by nature to things that weren't God. But look, look at verse 9. But now. Everybody say, but now. But now. See, that's what has us so loud. Come on. See, formerly I didn't know God, but now. But now. <laughs> but now, hey, I used to be quiet and intimidated. But now, God has set me free. I'm not in bondage to sin. I'm not in bondage to fear. My future is not manipulated by my past. God, God is on my side. But now, and, and, and there's a higher power. And, and, and in this verse, he even says, why would you turn back to the weak and miserable forces? that are trying to kill and destroy and, 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 and bring all, all that pain and suffering. Why, why would you go back to that? Yeah. Well, I haven't turned back to that. Well, you do realize that uh, biblically, biblically, and, and, and I'm, not, I'm not actually trying to just hype you up, except for some of you guys could use resuscitation. Yeah. He's come that you might have and enjoy life. I'm going to tell you something about joy. Joy is kind of noisy. 
the Lord thy God in the midst of thee will rejoice over thee. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee, he's mighty. He's mighty. And he is rejoicing over thee to rejoice. To rejoice. Okay, again, it doesn't make any difference what you think the word means. You've got to let the Bible define the Bible. And the word rejoice in the Bible means to spin about in circles, jumping up and down, making a loud, clamorous noise. Here's God. God's not hovering over you. I'm over here. That's kind of cool, wasn't it? Because you were looking over there. You thought I was still over there. But I'm not. I'm here. God's not hovering over you, waiting for you to make a mistake. It won't be long. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He rejoices over you. He's spinning around in circles, jumping up and down, making a loud, clamorous noise. He's excited about his kids. He's pumped about his children. You know, you're singing, I am a child of God, and heaven's going nuts. Heaven's heaven's excited about it. I said heaven's excited about it. Why? Because he's he's got a plan for you. He's got a plan for you. See, I I have time to do the whole message. Okay, because we're on a different vein. Let me just tell you this. Let me just tell you this, that, that you, are the, you are created by God to create a future. You are created by God to create a future. See, you're, we're the only species on the planet that have the ability, the power, the authority, not, not just to experience things, but to change it. See, when, when you're born... You begin to dream and, 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 to, and to think and to, and to imagine and, and to see a future that's different than your current situation. You, you understand that, that you know, orangutans aren't thinking about tomorrow. They're, they're not thinking about two weeks from now when they're doing something different. No, orangutans are just orangutanging. Okay? You, you know, the, the fish, they're, they're not dreaming about next year. There's not a single chihuahua that one of you people own. There's not a single chihuahua that's laying in the back seat of your car right now dreaming about the day it becomes a real dog. It's, it's just a chihuahua. But you have the ability to see a future that's different And God has empowered you to create a future. See, if if the enemy can get you to wait for God to do what God's empowered you to do, then you'll become disappointed and discouraged because God hasn't done anything about anything because he's waiting for you to do something about anything. So that everything can be radically different than anything that you got right now. Why? Because he's, he's infused you with power. See, Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In the NIV Bible, it says faith is the confidence of things we're hoping for. 
Faith is confidence in what we're hoping for and assurance in what we can't see. See, because we walk by, come on, we walk by, not by, okay, did you guys hear that? This side was quiet. We walk by, not by, so the opposite of faith is, the opposite of faith is sight. Well, I thought the opposite of faith was fear. No, fear is based on what you see. Fear is based on what you see. It's fear is faith in the wrong thing. Faith is confidence about what you're hoping for and assurance about what you don't see. The just shall live by faith. Right? And, and faith has confidence in what we're hoping. See, the problem is, is that our church, and I'm not talking about us today, I'm talking about especially the, uh, you know, the American church, the, this culture that we're in, uh, our society, and where we are. We, you know, we can break it all down. We don't have but about seven more minutes, so I can't. So let's just talk about you and me for a minute. We, have, we, we live upside down. We have confidence in what we have. And our confidence in what we have is stronger than our confidence in what we're hoping for. Why? Because we've allowed a different power, a different force to dictate the way we think, which causes us to feel, which makes our choices, which determines our actions, which develops our habits, which ties us to a final outcome. Right? So there's another fourth. But see, when you didn't know God, you were, you were slaves to things that weren't like in alignment with the nature of God. See, when you didn't know God, you didn't know that you could change the future. You didn't know that he had given you the same power that he used, that he, he, you know, the power that God used to raise Christ from the dead. He's quickened your mortal body with. You didn't realize, you didn't realize that you didn't just become a breathing being, that, that when he breathed life into you, you became a speaking being. You didn't realize that you don't have to use your words just to define things. You could use your words to change things. Oh, be careful, Ethel. I think we're in a faith church. A lot better than an unbelief church. Is this a prosperity church? It's not a poverty house. We're believing for the best. You know why God wants to prosper you? Do you know, have you ever wondered why God wants to prosper you? He gave you dominion. He put you in control. It's hard to be in control and not prosper. So if you could prosper, you might get in control of some stuff. But before you knew God's plan, you were a slave to poverty. He's trying to change some stuff. He's trying to break some things. He's trying to, he's trying to get you to the point. Why? So that you could begin to believe that the future is actually brighter than the present. And it's not manipulated or controlled by the past. That what God wants you to understand is that he's given you the ability to create future. And you have to have confidence in what you're hoping for that is stronger than the confidence in what you have. Have you ever known someone who had a boyfriend or a girlfriend and they didn't even like them? 
you know, don't look around right now. I mean, that's rude. But you, but, but you know what I'm saying. The, 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 well, well, why don't you get rid of that loser and get somebody? You know, here's what blows my mind. Why, why would a born-again, spirit-filled, tongue-talking, Bible-thumping, fired-up believer, why would this chick hook up with that loser? that don't have a heart for God. He doesn't care about God. It's obvious the only time he's ever here is to keep some interest, you know, because he's just connecting and manipulating her. Why can't she believe for, for, a, for a man of God? Because it's easier to be confident about what I got than to believe about what I could have. Hey, by the way, if you're the loser... I mean, I might as well talk to you. That's serious. You know, if you'd like, I could come pull you out. Because it wouldn't be a problem. It's not going to be hard. It wouldn't even be a spirit of revelation. There's 25, 35 people that could pull a couple of you guys out and say, hey, we kind of know your game. But here's the thing. Let me, let me just say this to the losers that are in the room. God's got a plan for your future. And your whole past and your whole history has been manipulative and, and controlling, and you just going after what you want. But you know, you do realize that God would love to infuse you with His Holy Spirit. That He would love to cause you to rise up out of the ashes and put you on a collision course with real life. It's awesome what God. It's awesome what God could do in you, through you, for you, by you. Have you know, Have you known somebody who had a job, and, and they hated the job? It sucked. And when you'd ask him, well, what are you doing to change that? Nothing. I'm just complaining. See? See, negativity is always, write these four things down, negativity is always an outward manifestation of an inward defeat. It's an expression of your lack of hope. Negativity. See, neg negativity is the force that the enemy is using to keep you from creating futures. Negativity is always, is always an outward manifestation of an inward defeat. Number two, negativity, it always justifies itself. So you begin to get negative and you begin to justify your negativity. If anybody challenges you, it's not you. Let me tell you what it is. It's because of this has happened and that has happened. It's because this looks this way. Yeah, but we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. And faith is confidence in what we are hoping for, not in what we have. It's assurance that what I can't see, see, but, but, but by faith, God caused everything that can be seen. He made it out of stuff that was invisible. See, neg negativity will, 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 will outwardly express the inward defeat, and it'll begin to justify itself. And then the third thing negativity does is it chooses your friends for you. It chooses your friends for you, and it starts, it starts connecting you to the wrong people. It connects you to the, well, who will it connect you to? To people who, who would rather, rather settle for the rest of their life than to believe God for the best of their life. Why, well, why? why? Why don't positive people embrace negative people? It's not that positive people won't hang with negative people. It's that negative people can't stand to be around positive folks. See, see, it chooses your friends for you because your friends, you, you know, the Bible says walk with the wise and you'll become wise. Be a companion of the fool and you're going to hurt for it. And, and, and it's, it's, it's just, here's the question you might want to ask yourself. Here's the question you might want to ask yourself. 
Are people very free to share negative things with you? I mean, you might say, well, it's because I'm a good listener. I would tell you, no, it's because you're also negative. You know, you're right here, I can't see you. Right here. Oh, there you are. <laughs> yeah. Why is it so easy for people to share problems with you? Because they're pretty much assured that you will agree. You know how easy it is to find negative people? They always congregate. You can go to a conference with thousands of people. You'll find the negative people in the back left corner having a meeting. <laughs> oh, and by the way, because you're thinking of people that you know who are in that group, negative people never see themselves in that group. See, what negativity does is it magnifies the truth and it distorts it. It magnifies the truth and it distorts it. It sees things that might be true, but it makes it bigger than it is in reality. So negativity takes a little thing and turns it to a big thing. Why? Well, because it'll keep you from seeing the great and the mighty thing that God's wanting to show you. See, you don't, you, you'll miss the great and mighty thing because you've made a little thing into a big thing. You read things into situations that aren't really there. Remember the negative, how many remember uh, old school cameras? You know, that had the film in it. You, you might have to help about 60% of the people of the room in here. Because they're like, film? You know, uh, and, and, and you, had to keep, you had to keep the film protected. And you had to keep it in a dark place. And you'd take it into the dark room. And, 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 and you'd, you'd begin to, to, you know, to, to run it through the process so that you could produce a negative. And in the negative, the blacks are white and the whites are black. And all the information is there. It's just none of it's correct. It's a negative. See, that's what negativity does. Is it, it causes you to read things in emails that wasn't actually written. It causes you to hear things in what was said that actually wasn't even being communicated. Why? To terrorize the confidence in what you're hoping for and to justify life living without it. Huh? See, if faith is confidence what you're hoping for, if what you're hoping for is a better marriage, well, negativity wants you to begin to justify why that's not going to happen. And because, let me tell you why we're not going to have a better marriage, because, because she's never going to change. She's never going to change. And, and, and you know what? I, I, I've been hanging out with some of my guys, and we've been talking about it. And they agree. Yep, they, the, their third wife and their sixth wife was exactly like her. <laughs> hey, if you happen to be on number three or number six, crud. No, it, 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 it Again, we're looking at the future. Don't, don't be under condemnation. But I would say this, that if you're struggling in marriage, I don't recommend getting advice from people who have had four wives. 
You know, if, if your finances are swirling and you're getting buried, yeah, you can find people who will justify. Well, I'll tell you, that tithing thing, that don't work. We tried it. What do you mean you tried it? Well, we did it for three months. Well, number one, I bet you're lying. I bet you tried to give a percentage that you like. You did it for three months. You think that's trying? We've been doing it for 35 years. We have never missed. Glenn, how long? 60, huh? 53 years. 53 years they've been tithing. Anybody in the room been tithing for more than 10 years? Have somebody that's tried it for three weeks tell you it don't work. Let me tell you what that does. It makes me want to choke you out for Jesus. Why? Because you're not being bright. Here's the deal. It's negativity has you believe in something that's not true, but you've found a way to justify it, and that is causing you to choose your... Well, all you want is our money. Well, obviously, we're doing fine without it. You do realize that the church is very healthy. So we're making it without your tithe. But let me tell you, let me, let me just talk to the non-tither for just a minute, because people are upset about other stuff already. And so it might as well get you in the mix. Um, man, it's going to be a real bummer if you've been married seven, eight times, and you're a non-tither and you're negative, because now I, all I've done is talk about you. Okay, but... Uh, <laughs> oh, shucks. What was I saying? Yeah, but what was I going to tell them? It's, oh, it's a force that's keeping you in bondage. No, you just want my money. No, you just want your money. I promise you, we don't sit around talking about your money. But you do. You're concerned about it. You're focused on it. Why? Because that's what you worship. Why? Because the spirit of negativity has caused you to distort a truth about the church, about God, about preachers, about... And so you're believing things that aren't really true. You're communicating things that aren't really there. Why? So the enemy can destroy your ability to have confidence in what you're hoping for. So instead of believing for the best, you'll settle for the rest. See, God's plan for your future is amazing. It's hard for me to be quiet. It's hard to me, it's hard, it's hard to act as if nothing's changed. But now that I know God, now that I'm known by God. <laughs> I'm not a slave to those forces that used to manipulate and control my life. And, and, and I'm telling you, everybody in the room, every single one of you, you have to grapple, you have to fight with that negativity thing. And you have to quit seeing other people's faces when we talk about it. And you got to see, you got to just say, you know what? Well, anytime negativity is coming out of my mouth, what I need to do is find the place where I've been defeated and get victory there. And instead of justifying it and making excuses for it, I need to eradicate it. 
And I'm never going to let it begin to choose my friends for me. I'm not going to let it connect me with people who aren't going where I'm going. And, and, and I'm not going to start using that power to, and allowing it to show me stuff that isn't the main thing. See, I'm not going to take little things and make it big things because, no, I'm in hot pursuit of great things and mighty things. Great and mighty things. Great and mighty things. Let me tell you something about your future. It's going to be amazing. It's gonna, your final outcome is going to be way, be way better than your current condition. That where God's taking you is filled with life and health and healing, purpose. But it's not, it's not easy. Jesus said, narrow is the gate. And difficult is the way that leads to life. And there's only a few that find it. There's only a few that find it. Can you imagine? This is the, this is the message from Jesus. That it, it's narrow. You, there are some things in your life that you just need to, you know, I know we're in a culture that wants to be super inclusive. But the problem, the problem is, if we're going to live according to the Word of God. Man, narrow is the gate. And it's not an easy road. Well, you know, just God and the grace of God and, and He covers it. Why would you use God's amazing grace to live as low as you can when the same power would elevate you higher than your wildest imagination? And only a few find it. That used to create a real problem for me because I thought it was a contradiction to God's Word. Getting born again is easy. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. This is easy. This is easy. See, but it's talking about the path to God life, Zoe, where there's more life than death, more hope than joy, more, more peace than chaos, more provision than lack, more healing than sickness. He said, you know what? That, that place is not easy to get to. Yeah, but, but, but there's only a few that find it. There's only a few that find it. That just sounds contradictory to what other places in the Bible have said. Uh, for example, ask and it shall be given. Knock, it shall be opened. Seek and you shall find. And then one day God said, well, there's the point, see. Very few find it. Because very few are actually seeking for it. So you spend your whole life looking for the wrong thing. You want justification. You want, you know, you want so many things. But he said, you know, if you'd seek it, you'd find it. Real life. Today, today don't let some weak, miserable force hold you back, separate you from the real life that God has for you. It doesn't make any difference what the past has. See, that's what the enemy wants you to do, is, is, to, is to not have faith or hope in, you know, confidence what you're hoping for, but it wants you to have, it wants you to, to have a lot of wisdom, knowledge, understanding about the things that you regret. It don't want you to have hope for your future. It wants you to have regret about the past. Well, no, you don't have to live there anymore. You don't have, I said, you don't have to live there anymore. You walk boldly out of there today and say, hey, I'm on a new track. 
Man, God's going to lead me and guide me, and he's going to, I'm going to have a collision with real life. With real life. See, it, I'm seeking it today. I'm not going to be among the many. I'm not going to be a part of the crowd that misses it. I'm going to be among the few that find it. I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a minute. And if you're in this room today and say, you know what? I, I, I'm ready for collision with Jesus. I'm ready for a life that, that's on an upward track. I'm, I'm ready to separate myself from the regret of my past and, and, and tie myself to the hope of the future. And I, and I need to get right with Jesus today. We're all going to pray a prayer together. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, Tom, I'm making this prayer my prayer. If that's you, while no one's looking around, I won't call you out. I won't make you stand. But if that's you and you're going to make this prayer your prayer, I want to agree with you today. So I want you to hold your hand up right now really high. Thank you. 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 It's awesome. I want everybody to pray this. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. So come into my life. Change me. Change me from the inside out. Give me hope. <laughs> Thank you for hope, Lord. Give me vision. Give me strength. I choose to live for you. Every day of my life, starting now, I'm never going to be the same again. And the rest of my life, it's going to be the best of my life. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Get loud one more time for Jesus.